0: Welcome, this is Stories from Los Angeles, hosted by Eric Ramos. Welcome everybody again to Stories from Los Angeles with Eric Ramos. And today I really want to go over, uh, I guess call it a very important and um, very meaningful project in my life. Um... As a creative director, sometimes I find it very difficult to balance out my personal projects and, of course, work projects. To me, actually having uh, work projects of my own is sometimes that as an artist, you kind of feel like, yes, um, the corporate world pays the bills, but then there's always these little side projects that bring a lot of like... Uh, like i don't even know how to explain a self-worth or like you know a lot of uh uh call it even um meaning in your life, and one of those stories for me honestly was one of those projects was actually writing a book um, I am the author and illustrator of Super Torta. So, this is my book that I wrote and illustrated. I, um, it was one of those projects to me that, uh, if for those of you that don't even know what a torta is, a torta is basically a sandwich, a Mexican sandwich that can sometimes have melted cheese, sometimes it could have all kinds of meat. My personal, personal favorite is the torta cubana. And the torta cubana basically has, like, breaded, breaded uh, like, it's got, like, sliced up uh, hot dogs. It's got, like, breaded uh, meat. So it's very delicious, highly recommended. But uh, a torta can be as simple as just having ham, some lettuce. Uh, that's the traditional, I think, that most people carry around. It's a, it's a very blue-collar, uh, call it meal. It's, if, it's exactly like a sandwich, it's easy to pack, it's easy to transport. Um, and so to me, it was always one of those things that I personally uh, have very fond memories of. Uh, the origin of super torta, uh, to me, actually dates back to like when I was a kid. When I was a kid, my mom uh, would pack tortas for me. She would take, uh, She would pack tortas for like family trips like my sister had my sisters i had four sisters and um they all were uh, like in they were all put to dance like ballet folklorico for those of you that don't know what that is it's basically like traditional mexican dancing and so sometimes my sisters had a lot of recitals and my mom would sometimes pack um, a lot of tortas or sandwiches either or it was one of those two which to me, it was one of my favorite, again fondest memories because um, I would even we would sometimes even take it to sporting events, uh, very popular with parades like the, the New Year's Parade here in, in Pasadena, the Rose Parade, and also sp- specifically the, the Norwalk Parade uh, Norwalk, California is a city uh, here in California, here in Los Angeles on the, on the outskirts and so um, they had their, like, Halloween parades that my mom and my dad would take us. And, of course, whenever we were hungry, since we were, like, five kids, you know, it was very easy to pack. And so that's where my love came from um, for this book. It's called Super Torta. And funny enough, uh, Super Torta, to me, it's kind of captures, a, like, the wittiness of my personality. I think uh, <laughs> I tend to deal with a lot of life. Uh, with a lot of humor. And so for me now that the the ability to share this back to people, I think there's a lot of like uh, history behind the book. Uh, The book actually itself, I actually lived it in third grade. In third grade, I actually had a field trip. I had a field trip Uh, to like a science center and not the science center here in downtown LA it was kind of like the science um, small museum out in La Brea I think or La Habra La Habra which is another city out there and so um, like always I asked my mom you know as a little kid mom can you pack me tortas and she actually packed me like one, and I told her, No, I want three, and I don't know why I asked for three. And I actually finished them, but uh, I overpacked, I don't know why that day I wanted three tortas as a little, uh, I guess, third grader in 1999, I was barely seven years old, and <laughs> there's no way that was gonna fit in my mouth, but anyways, or my stomach, but. The funny thing is that I kind of I think part of me just kind of wanted to show up to like like my lunch and be like look how much food I have everybody so it was kind of like a weird flex that I wanted to do with my friends in third grade and so lunchtime came you know my mom actually did pack me three tortas Um, when the time came for lunch there was this kid I'll even say his name. His name was Paulino. I don't even know what happened to him. Um, We all grew apart separately in life. But uh, the kid forgot his lunch. Or, yeah, he forgot his lunch. And my teacher, like, she looked over and she noticed that I had three tortas. And she asked me if I was kind enough to give my friend a torta. And part of me was like that's the right thing to do but the little kid in me was just like but my mom packed them for me and i think that's what came out of my mouth because i remember the teacher saying eric that's not nice you when you have something you have to share with people i was like but this is my food (laughs) like why why does my why do i have to share the food that my mom made but the teacher eventually was like eric if it was you And, like, she just made me realize, like, if it was you and you didn't have lunch, would you want someone to share your food with you? And I said, yeah. And so I eventually did give this kid an extra torta of mine. And it's funny because I guess I did it because it's the right thing to do. But part of me inside of me was kind of dying inside and was like, here you go, kid. Have one of my tortas and that moment forever was like kind of like instilled in my mind to me it's one of those things that i genuinely to this day kind of laugh about and even then some of my friends as adults still remember that moment where i showed up with that many tortas and um, the fact that they kind of remember me kind of throwing a fit as a little kid so that's the origin of the story for me it was just the moment that i lived That had a lot of humor looking back. And then like fast forward to 7th grade. In 2003, I actually wrote the book in 7th grade as a class project. And this is the original book. This is the original book that I um, had. As you can see, I wrote Super Torta on it right there and my name, and of course, the fourth period, and this is my teacher, Mrs. Saval. Mrs. Saval was an all-American, like, white lady, very sweet. Sometimes she was very tough, like, her the way she was, she would just kind of, like, you know, command the room, and sometimes people didn't like that, but I always thought she was very sweet, like, at least with me, like, I felt, like, I was one of those kids that yes i would mess around but sometimes in school if i didn't have good grades my parents would kick my ass so um obviously you want to be cool with the teachers so um mrs saval once gave an assignment to this to all the whole class that we had to write a story minimum like uh you know like a i think she said minimum like a page and i think i was just so excited for this because she gave, she gave us, if I remember correctly, I think she gave us, like, this sheet. Like, it needs to fill all this. And so I filled it out, all out. When I wrote my story, I was like, ooh, I know what I'm going to write. Because till then, I still had a passion for tortas. To me, tortas were, again, always in my life, but were always present in my life. So I was just like, oh, this is so funny. I can't wait to write about the time that, you know, one of my tortas got away from me. I know it's dramatic, but eventually that's what I landed on. So I want to share this book with you guys because I wrote the story, but then I was like, oh, I really want to draw this. I really want to draw this out. So I went I took that extra credit um, approach, and I actually ended up like super gluing uh, this paper. Like I just folded a bunch of papers, and I started making a pop-up book out of it. And mind you, that this is like 2003, uh, it's 2004, 2024 now. Happy New Year, by the way. Um, 2024, so that makes us, this book almost. This book is almost like 21 years old, like of history that my mom actually was very proud of me because she saw me how how dedicated I was to the, to actually make this book that I drew with markers, uh, color pencils, and again scissors, and even like. Um, what's it called, like pencils. I think my mom might've helped me a little bit because my mom and I, um, even in, as, 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 a, as a fifth grader, she would always, we would work on projects together. And that was kind of our thing. Like she kind of enjoyed arts herself. And so she and I would always go above and beyond when it came to like art projects. And so this is where I wrote the story out. I'll, I'll read it to you guys now, but that was a little backstory of this book. There once was a torta that got dropped in radioactive water that made it transform into something else. So here is the torta so you guys can see a little bit of detail there. The the reaction of the tortas made it go from tiny to a giant monster. The giant torta was bigger than the Empire State Building. And here you go. You go from tiny, tinier, big, giant because tiny and tinier and big makes total sense as a 7th grader, right? The giant torta started to rampage through New York City. It was angry because he thought he tasted nasty and nobody wanted to eat him. So here he- It's the Torta coming alive. You can see the Empire State Building in the back. The police couldn't stop him. Not even Superman, Batman, or Underdog. People were thinking it was the end of the world. An atomic bomb was nothing to the giant Torta. And as you can see there, it's a little tank. And There's Underdog. There's Superman and Batman being tossed around by a giant torta. And of course, I don't know why, but he's in New York with an I Love New York City shirt. But lucky for us, there was a kid who loved tortas. His name was Eric. Eric wasn't afraid of tortas. At all, he even stood up to him. And because 20 years have gone by, I guess somewhere along the lines, a little me got ripped out, but the torta is still there. In one mighty bite of Eric's mouth, he gobbled down the torta. What happened after that? The radioactive torta made Eric really smart. Until then, Eric has eaten every kind of torta almost and there i am seventh grade me wearing echo wearing nikes pretty sure those are dickies with spiky hair and i put a lot of things that apparently mean a lot to me i have a subway napkin sticker like this is how like much i love sandwiches and tortas like you have (laughs) i cut out a napkin and i put it in there the subway subway logo so this is the original story this is the original story from third grade in 1999 and i think i have to really thank my mom for this because she was very proud of me for for doing this um if it wasn't for her i don't know where this book was but she kept it and she treasured it and ultimately i kind of throughout the years it, it when I would look at it, it would remind me of you know the realizing that yeah you're 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 a creative, this is what you do fast forward now <laughs> as a marketing director um it's the creativity now is kind of is applied in the corporate world, but this is the the beginnings of of what I created, and so we fast forward now to as an adult uh i guess. I would say that the journey to actually write the book itself was was very difficult. Um, just because sometimes I was being distracted by like friends. I wanted to do it, but I never had a, that ability to sit down and just knock it out. Um, I think we, as we grow, there's you know life gets in the way. But it was always something in the back of my head that I was just like, I need to put this book out one day, like publish this book. Um, my mom and I would; she would actually uh, spend a lot of time and like during the summer, she would we would walk to uh, our neighborhood library, and there, my sisters and I would just, you know, like read all these books. We would. I personally loved a lot of picture books. My sister, my older sister, she would always go for like the 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 books that had like you know thick actual novels that to me I found I found boring because there was no like visual stimulation for me uh, go figure the so I was always attracted to like even like history books that at least had photos or even design books that had photos to me something about photos something that goes along with the text with the text is, has always been my choice of books, I just can't have, uh, I just can't have read just pure text, um, but like I said, the the journey to writing the book, if anybody is has ever wanted to be published a book, uh, can be very complex, uh, it can be a very lonely journey, um, at least for me, it was kind of a, a journey that I kind of had to make make time or that even life kind of forced me to kind of make time for it. Um I tried to write the book around 2015, 2017, and I guess I, I would have like I, I you can say that I had my first uh real job that you know I realized like yeah I'm I'm going nowhere. I am part of this team. Um and so It was very fast-paced it was in beverly hills and kind of realizing that i was getting a little bit stressed out at the time i did have a girlfriend but i felt like i just couldn't manage an extra project with those two um you know big parts of my life happening around me Um, whenever i tried to write the book i would always kind of be like, you know, distracted, hey, come pick me up, let's, do, let's go out, let's go do this, which I guess in hindsight, you know, like, that is that is normal for people to go out and date, <laughs> I sound like a robot right now, but um, I promise you I'm not, the, so yeah, I tried, I even made the file, I remember opening it up and starting to write it out on pages, because I couldn't, I wanted to rewrite the book to what was the now Uh, this is the origin story this is the version 2 story Um, the version 2 story was actually self-published before I got my publishing deal I invested my own money and actually went to print shops asked around for pricing and of course um, I was able to even go online and search um, Chinese uh print shops, so I was able to I forget the site, but I was able to find one that Gave me pretty quality books as you can see Um, It's small, but definitely feels really good with the hardcover and so I'll read you guys this Book if you guys notice actually i'll read you the the final book because it's very similar But something to go over on this book is that the version one of this book was written in all English, written in all English because um I don't know to me to me even though yes it's kind of like hispanic air quotes uh there's background to me kind of uh making my career here, here in Los Angeles um I kind of wanted to incorporate visuals that were modern to my story now the Fast forward from 2003 to from 1989, me creating this torta in New York. I wanted something that took place here in LA, especially with all the skyscrapers. Something about skyscrapers to me. Um, now that I live one, live in one, you can see that. Um, I don't know. Looking up, I guess the the mere action of just looking up and looking at the twinkling lights for me has always been very inspiring. As a kid, um, even like there used to be. A children's museum here in downtown Los Angeles that my parents would take us to, and every time I would look up, especially the 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 the, the LA Kids murals along the 101, um, that's now sadly it's been vandalized. It would always make me feel like I was part of the city, like seeing all the different children playing in different like even different skin tones. I never looked at it like. A representation, but I just, I don't know, just seeing like, yeah, that's like the kids in my school, they were, we're a melting pot here, I felt like, yeah, this is so LA, but I always wanted to do something that, representing a little bit me, um, and funny, this just slipped out, this is actually a, a book, uh, what's it called, one of those things in the books that you read, <laughs> a bookmark, <laughs> a bookmark from Sincerely Sicily Shout out to the author uh, Tamika Burgess I, She and I did a book reading in Long Beach um, But I'm plugging her um, So yes So I wanted to incorporate More of my real life uh, Influences into this book And to me I wrote it in English Because naturally I speak more English Day to day Even the internal dialogue in my head is more always has and kind of speaks English. Of course, And at first, my first language was Spanish because my parents, that's how they taught me till, they, till I got to preschool. And then I realized, like, wow, I don't know what anybody's saying. But from then on, I just kind of picked it up and only used Spanish at home. I feel like this is kind of an L.A. book, a little bit of um, drawings. Uh, I'm very inspired by Salvador, Salvador. Dali, uh, the realism of something looking real, but at the same time not real, is something that has always inspired me as far as, like, an art person, a creative person, and so to me, I kind of put, like, you know, humble beginnings, because if you, funny enough, uh, the brick wall kind of represents, I ended up living in a, in a, in a very nice, uh, what is it called um apartment but it was a more of a loft the loft itself had like brick walls so it's like this was before um so i incorporated brick walls because at first to me it was kind of like a you know something simple very humble beginnings uh and of course plants i love plants as you you can see so i wanted to incorporate a little bit of like the, the images that i that i grew up around um all kind of there, even the plates that sometimes you go to traditional homes or, or traditional restaurants, and it's all there and the torta and the torta that you see on here was actually a, a torta that I was eating, and I took a picture a picture of I photographed the torta and then I ate it but that's <laughs> this is the torta that I made if I remember correctly, I think it had even had some egg ham um yeah, lettuce and tomatoes and so this is a little kid that loves tortas his name is bombo by the way bombo was actually my nickname as a kid um my parents called me bombo because there's a song uh that goes bombo 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 maracas bombo 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 Memor. and so bombo also is a little chubby it means like chunky And so, uh, I guess I was a little chunky back then, before I got into sports. But, yeah, so I I named the the child Bombo because, you know, it's about me in this story. And uh, it talks about, like, him getting ready to go to a field trip. As you can see, he's got his tortas wrapped in foil. And it's funny because when I was giving a a speech or a recital, book recital, uh, in Long Beach, there was this gentleman who said, you know, seeing the tortas wrapped in foil, like, he goes, like, that's such a, like, authentic, like, representation of how, like, the working class sometimes just wraps that tortas and they just take it to go, like, at construction sites. He's like, yeah, I take my tortas wrapped in foil. (laughs) Like, my mom would do that for me as well. And so it was kind of like, Uh, a gentleman who was older than me uh with his kid sitting next to him he's like i really appreciate you you know like because sometimes i felt poor if anything i felt like like oh everybody has their lunch meanwhile i have my wrapped torta meanwhile you're over here parading it around like putting it in a book and i was like wow dude i never saw it that way i i I was always very proud of my book, I mean, my tortas, I was very proud of my mom's, like, the fact that I saw my mom do it for me, I don't know, as a child, and even now as an adult, the moment somebody, like, makes something for me, for me, like, it, I, I, like I, it's, like, the biggest love language that someone can do for me, to me, it's, like, wow, like, you want to feed me, you want to keep me alive for, the, like, to me, like, just that action, it, it's such a huge deal that I, that I, whenever like people do things for me, like even the torta, I was very protective of it. Even my tortas, I didn't want to give it away. As you can see, he has three tortas there, and of course, um, a little more context to the original book. The field trip ends up going to a nuclear power plant, which we did not go to a power plant. Just a little, a little. <laughs> uh, a little, like, what's the word? I'm blanking out right now. Um, <laughs> a little nudge at reality. But I guess that's what cre- creativity is for, right? Um, during the trip, one of his tortas slipped out of his lunch bag. As you can see, in the class and one of the tortas slipped out and fell into radioactive call it juice (laughs) and so as you can see the torta started began to grow and you know like the Hulk starts shredding and starts like ripping ripping his shirt apart I started doing the same thing with the tortas as he starts ripping his tortas he's growing from inside the foil And of course this is the artwork that actually stayed very close to what the the final book came to be. A super torta. And like I said, to me tortas the chunkier they are, the better they are. So I of course I gave it I gave the torta chunky arms, chunky legs and this is what brings a lot of like humor to a lot of people when they see the torta (laughs) Um, as you can see the torta starts to get mad and break the all the structures around him and then it runs through downtown los angeles this time around compared to the original story it runs through downtown and Funny enough, this, if you look at the, the, the scenes around it, it's actually a, uh, I think it's Flower Street in downtown LA. I may be wrong, but it's where the Broad or the Broad uh, Museum is at. And the funny thing about this street is that also the, uh, the Museum of Contempor- Contemporary Art Mocha is across the street. So I wanted to kind of include those two things cuz you know art has always been part of my life museums I've always enjoyed going to them and if you go actually keep going down the street you'll actually find my college uh FIDM FIDM the Fashion Inst- Institute of Design and Merchandising and uh or merchandise don't hate me if I said it wrong but this is something that I wanted to incorporate like People running away from the torta, and this is the view of downtown LA that you'll see if you drive up the one hundred and one, free- uh, the one hundred and ten freeway. It's what's going to greet you. You see the palm trees, you see the cops, the popo, um, and of course, military planes dropping bombs on. On the torta. (laughs) Um, Again I photographed this torta in many angles so that way I can get it get the character you know like if it was moving and to me funny enough even the something about the something if you live in any like big city you'll always hear that like the police helicopter like roaming around And I guess it's not that I was kind of desensitized by it, but I think growing up in L.A., it's part of life. Uh, A very vivid memory of mine was uh, my sister and I were once playing in, like, outside of our house. And I'll never forget when it was kind of a little bit at at dusk, at night. No, not dusk. At night, um, near the sunset. And suddenly there's we hear the helicopter and the helicopter flew over us with the light and my sister and I started freaking out like oh my god there's like robbers around and we started running home and I remember like I wasn't scared but it was almost like a a humorous moment like like I felt like they're gonna catch me or or there's a bad guy around here we need to outrun the bad guy Funny, that's such a random memory, but that's why, to me, I wanted to include, like, a helicopter with the police. Because, to me, it's, like, it's part of L.A., unfortunately. Um, but the next slide over is the Torta coming up the 110 freeway. And um, <laughs> the apartments on the side here are actually where I used to reside in, uh, during college. Uh, should I plug him? I don't know. The Medici in downtown, uh, LA. I lived there when I was attending FITM. And this bridge on sixth street, uh, I would walk to school because it was so close. One thing that I realized, like, on that bridge, there was a moment that I was really tired one time after class and and like, I didn't have a lot of money back then and so I would sometimes just stand there a little bit and just kind of look at the sunset and just the cars like driving by and it would give me a little bit of like um, a time to reflect on just myself and like you know you're doing this look at the big city that one day you'll you'll make it like part of me was never really after money it was more like practicing your craft um, cause I was going for graphic design and that's how I was able to design this whole book from scratch. Um, so yeah, that's actually a place, some of these like actual like illustrations, you can actually go in person cause I used them um, a mixed media, like photography. And so with one mighty bite, super torta became yummy in the tummy. And as you can see. There's the fella being congratulated by everybody because he ran up to the torta and said, Come here. And this little fella here was inspired by... all uh, uh, oh, people are going to hate me. I forgot his name. But uh, there's this Mexican superhero uh, that my parents used to watch. It's not even mine, funny enough. Uh, who's like he- a humorous like hero uh, is it cheese pudding cheese pirine? Damn it. I forgot already Huh Ch- chespirino Chespirito Chespirito. Well, who knows Chespirito. Well, no, I, I sound so white right now <laughs> But uh, Yeah this has got kind of an homage to my parents because they would watch that and it would like a lot of humor i guess our family we're very funny we're, we, we joke a lot and we're very lighthearted. and so to me kind of in putting some of their inspiration into this character to me was one thing that i really wanted to to include um but instead of you know his his um call it his logo, I put my torta lover on on it, on the shirt. I wanted him to have a shirt that always expressed how much he he loved. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? No, I think you're wrong. Chispirin? Chespirito. Chespirito? Wow, well, there you go, guys. Um, As you can see here, I actually wanted to include uh, the school at the end of the story where I went to middle school. I mean, elementary school. Edmondson Elementary is located in Norwalk. It's, um, I used to walk to school through there. Uh, It was one of those places where I feel very lucky. I feel like I had a very good experience in school. The staff there were were really nice. Uh, Shout out to Miss Selby. She was my third grade teacher where this story happened. Uh, And so to me, those very normal L.A. schools located around the city are very similar in color. But, you know, I just wanted to include this because I feel like sometimes kids who come from, like, like regular small schools in the hood, air air quotes, sometimes don't see themselves. And to me, I was was always very happy and proud to be where I was from, so I wanted to include Edinson Elementary here. And that's how it ends. And of course, my mom watches a lot of black and white um, movies and at the end they always put fiend, which obviously means the end. And so I wrote this whole book in English. And I think my mom, I think my, I dedicated this to my mother and father, um, whose love and attention promoted a life of imagination. Um, this was the book that I wrote as an adult. Uh, I kind of took a chance on myself, even if nobody really understood The book, Um, it's a very sweet book uh, but the process itself was a little, uh, I would say a little dramatic because I think around 2018, which was when I started writing this, um, I was kind of going through difficult times as an older sibling of four sisters, um, as a boyfriend at the time. And as a Latino, because sometimes we're growing up and uh, we're taught to kind of bottle up a lot of of feelings and emotions, even culturally, even as a a male, like kind of just pushed to act and think a certain way. I think it's one of those things that I, even now, sometimes I still struggle a little bit on clarifying what I'm feeling. But... I was kind of depressed, I would say. I think I was kind of going through the motions. I, there was one time that I think the communication between my family and I wasn't the best at the time. Um, I also had, went to like a little kind of trauma, traumatic event that really made me kind of shift things the way I thought. And I didn't really have anybody to talk about with. Um, even the relationship that I was in, uh, something that that was really sad was when I started writing the book I was kind of like kind of like frowned upon like why are you writing this book do you not want to spend time with me and that was kind of for the first time I was like kind of hurt because I was like I remember looking at this book in my in my room and i I just stared at it and I kind of started like tearing up about kind of like not being happy being happy as a like genuinely happy inside like I feel like the the inner child in me came up with all these like ideas like I wanted to honor that silliness that I really had as a as a kid but as a as an adult, we're taught to grow up, to, you know, be a man, <laughs> so I, um, it meant a lot to me to even start the book, and I was so, like, I guess, sad that I wanted to just put it out and actually see it in person, that I ended up kind of breaking up with that relationship, because it wasn't that I didn't feel supportive myself, and obviously when it comes to projects like this, I I don't talk bad about excess to me. It's something that I've kind of, you know, different different paths in life that I felt very uh, fortunate to kind of stick to the things that I knew weren't, um, it wasn't to hurt anybody. You know, it was something that I generally felt misunderstood. And so sometimes you have to kind of take extreme measures in, in situations where you don't feel supported to really uh, be yourself. Um, I felt like I, I was trying to like mix this project and time with the partner at the time, but it just wouldn't fly. They wanted my full 100% attention. And so, to me, it was like, I, I can watch TV with you while, you while I write this, while I work on this. And to me, I felt like there was no, like, you know, um, middle ground for us. And so, I was just like, okay, well, I would stop because I didn't want to fight. But then, part of me was just like, this sucks. I can't even, like, work on something so mundane or something. So, like, like, if someone told me they wanted to work on a project, I'm like, yes, do it. Like, that's awesome. But I wasn't getting that support. And so, I was very, like, isolated, even with my family a little bit, just because, um, like I said, we didn't talk much about, like, emotions. We didn't talk about, like, problems. It can be difficult at times, especially because, you know, whenever there's problems um, in family, it can be a little bit uh, sensitive. But when it came to, like... The book itself, um, I remember during the process, I was telling my family, like, hey, I'm writing a book, and I'm writing the book that, remember, Super Torta, and the response I got, like, like I wanted to read it just so I can see, like, what do you guys think? Um, it wasn't fully accepted to some sisters were like, I'm too busy, to some sisters was like, okay, cool, like very <laughs> simple answers, and I was like, okay, awkward, <laughs> um, and I know it's not to talk bad about my own family, but it is something that I think a lot of people sometimes, the, the, if the family doesn't approve of what you're doing, my golden rule has always been, if it's hurting yourself, if it's hurting others, then you probably shouldn't do it. But if it's not hurting yourself and it's not hurting others, then do it. Continue doing it. And so when I told my parents about it, even too, the response I got from them was, you're not a writer. What are you doing? And that hurt. Like, that was kind of a gut punch. And it made me more angry because I'm like, I'm such an emotional wreck right now. And I'm just trying to write a book that means so much to me. And my family, like, again, we had a great upbringing. But it was just as an adult, as a grown man, that I realized, like, man, like, it's hard being sometimes expressive. Uh, And honestly, my family and I now talked about this. And they don't like me saying these kind of things. But it is a very raw reality that sometimes a lot of people don't see that that they themselves experience i'm trying to be as honest and and clear about like how this whole process was um around 2000 after i I, again i ordered the, the book and got my copies i started like going to events um as a single guy so i can go and like meet people and like hey here you go like i would try to gift my book to people that i know were air quotes, about the culture, um, but sadly enough, some, sometimes people who were all about the culture, they showed like, little to no love, um, which kind of, like, made me, re- like, realize, like, ow, like, you know, if it was me, like, you know, I'd check this out, especially if somebody wanted to gift me something, I was just like, thank you, you worked on this, but, you know, um, it made me realize just a little bit, like, yeah, this is this is a full-time business. This is not something that oh, I just wrote a book and boom, I'm successful now. No, it's constant like that again, putting yourself being vulnerable, putting yourself like, "Hey, here's my book. I wrote this uh in with a lot of passion and a lot of like um, you know, love. It would mean a lot to me if you would read it. If you want to share it with others, cool. But also it's like this is just genuinely a gift for you." And so when I didn't hear from any back from anybody, it was like okay, cool. Like it never in my, in my own heart that I feel like oh screw them, like they're 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 not for the culture. But it did kind of bring up a little bit of like, um, you know, like that support. Um, someone that I really really want to give a lot of love to, a lot of love to, is uh, the comedian Felipe Esparza. Uh, I sent him a book, and I think he understood the humor and his wife even, she even was like, this is totally an LA book, this isn't, like, uh, a Mexican book, like, this is something that's so unique to LA, because, it's like, it's, it's written in English first off, and it takes place in LA, like, and I was like, yes, exactly, when I started, like, kind of realizing to people sometimes, I realized, oh, this book, yes, may be, may have, like, Mexican culture in it, but it's not Mexican, to me, it's one of those things, like, that I realized, like, this sometimes that yes it it speaks to people of color speaks to people of like of hispanic latino culture however they want to like uh resonate as or um but i always felt like this book for me was like just uh an la book that just when i when i started realizing and putting it into people's hands i was like yeah this is this is a very American book. I wouldn't even call it a Latino book. Um, so I really want to give him love because he was the first one of the few first people that was like, "Come on my podcast, let's talk about it." And I'll be honest, I was a nervous wreck back then. I didn't like. <laughs> if you search the podcast, like I am very quiet and I'm just like freaking out, like, "Oh my god!" Even then, like now I've gotten more a little bit more comfortable. But then again, sometimes I do get in my own head talking about my own projects. You know, I'm, very, I'm a visual person. I create things. Um, but I've learned to speak because communication has been such a valuable tool in my life. Um, but there was this other uh, uh, person that showed me a lot of love. And this was, oh, before I get to that, I want to get to the book publishing in 2019 2019 after i like was going to all these events and i did get an orders here and there and i was actually was like um mailing these books out i did like ads online and uh, i realized that i i needed uh in my own personal career as in you know as a graphic designer as a i realized that i couldn't juggle a full-time job plus this and so it was like a perfect timing situation for, for me and my publisher, uh, Little Libros. Lil Libros is, um, a fabulous brand that honestly, to me has been, they've been nothing but kind to me. The fact that they still have me on board, um, it's, it's, it's something that amazing that, um, it spoke directly to them. They got to see the book completely polished and like, wow, this is a full on book. Um they said yeah we we would love to publish you and now is the first author um that was published outside of Little Libros. Um when they received it uh they told me that they wanted it, that they wanted to include it in their in their many books that they have. Patty Rodriguez uh is the one who uh she co-founded that book with my other publisher there's two awesome ladies that published this book together that were published a bunch of books together um little libros if you search for them on on instagram they have like 142,000 uh followers uh they're in lacma getty mola uh they're they're they've been very uh, good at capturing um, hispanic latino uh inspired books you know the fact that they felt very strong about representation uh was a very like solid um you know and natural relationship for us because we were able to pub- uh, publish that book and the great thing about it about this <laughs> something that was a little c- crushing for me um uh, was that when they told me that the book was going to be published I was over the moon because I was finally getting like all right I'm not crazy here I my ideas my books are something that's going to you know actually resonate with a lot more people and it it actually did um but the the, perp- the thing that sucked so hard was that the book was set to be published in march 20 i think of 2020 and if you guys don't remember like they started like i had this like oh like we're gonna go on these events we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then the world shut down the world shut down and i was so crushed because they had sent me out to some like community events they had to even send me to some schools and I was just a little bit crushed, the fact that all the events that they had, like, ready for me, like, just completely got shut down. Like, it was such a, like, dramatic blow to me, because I was just like, well, I guess, well, it, it is what it is. I, I Luckily for me, like I said, I had it. A great like opportunity I had amazing opportunities to practice my craft um, in my career and so my career started taking off I got more managing positions where I started um, you know hiring talent and putting together uh, workflows for manufacturing companies and now for a real estate company but what sucked was that, you know, um, everything got canceled. And ultimately, to me, it's, it started, I kind of put it on the back burner myself, too, because I was like, okay, well, I can either be sad about it or just continue with the good things that are happening in my life. So I did that. I, I, I did that. And um, by, like, 2022, uh, after, like, the world started opening up a little bit again, I started getting a lot of like um DMs from teachers, from principals, and even kind of influencers. Um Dana dot T on Instagram just happens to be P P Diddy's like uh you know daughter who no not Dana She's not her daughter, it's just um they had a baby together. And so n- she gave me a shout out on Instagram with the her baby reading the book and I was like blown away I was like oh my god like <laughs> this book is like <laughs> in your house um obviously with everything that recent accusa- accusations uh, that are happening with his career I it's sad but the fact that my book was there and in you know in, in their home I was just like oh my god this is awesome um I want to give also the shout out to Ari- Ariana Steen, because obviously she's also the co-owner of Los Libros, and so um, they've contacted me now for like for events, and the community them itself also has like reached out to me about like making you know community events r- surrounding the book. Um, so overall, it's kind of worked. It was a slow burn in the beginning, but it started taking off like towards the last recent year, so I'm really excited for Super Torta. I've never taken really the time to dive deep into the story of Super Torta. It's, like I said, there's many scenarios that happened in my life that were up and down, up and down, but the key to, to, to any project is to not stop. Don't stop. Like, one thing that's very important as an artist also is that Sometimes we may have a passion project, but ultimately if you're designing something and the public doesn't respond to it, um, it kind of gives you an idea like, okay, well this didn't work, maybe try maybe try something slightly different. You know, um sometimes if things aren't, you know, like welcomed at first or praised at first, it can hurt the, the artist inside of us. And so, to anybody who's, who wants to publish a book, is to keep the people in mind. One thing that I always did was read the book, the first generation book, to uh, kids. I, I asked friends, can I read this book to them? Um, can I give them the book? And their response kind of told me everything I needed to know. Like, uh, when I read it to them, it was just like that curiosity, like, What? followed by the, the smiles on their face when I would get to the page of uh, the torta coming to life. Like, I would just scream, super torta! Because that's, to me, the exclamation point. It's when you read this title, you're supposed to scream it out. You're supposed to say, super torta! comes alive! Um, and so, the writing process can be difficult at times. Like, there was many times where I started to kind of rewriting the book, uh, but I try to make it make sense, very simple, it's like a third grade, fourth grade book, um, very easy to digest, very visually stimulating, um, and so this is kind of the journey, I don't want to play like a victim either, but it it is, does show you a more real life journey for a project like this, um, a lot of people sometimes tell me how do you write a book you just do it you just do it and have the great thing that about little libros is that we worked with a writer and so they had a whole writing team kind of like review the book kind of like text and like say hey we should probably change this we're going to do this and they wanted to publish the book as a bilingual book which that's why they're known because they write a lot of bilingual books you know they 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 dream into uh two languages, and so, I can read this book in Spanish as well, obviously, and so, I mean, if you guys want, I can read this book, but this book, obviously, as you can see, compared to the original one, it's much bigger, and this was left out in the sun, so this is why a little washed out, but this was the first, like, copy of of Super Torta that my publisher gave me. Uh, As you can see here, similar layout was kept. The only main thing was more space for the story to be written in Spanish as well. So, you know, there once was a boy named Bombo who loved tortas. Había una vez un niño llamado Bombo que le encantaban las tortas. Ham tortas, chicken tortas, carne asada tortas. Bombo loved all tortas. Tortas de jamón, tortas de pollo, tortas de carne asada. A Bombo le gustaban todas las tortas. One day, Bombo had a class field trip. He packed three tortas. Un día, la escuela organizó una excursión. Él se llevó tres tortas. So off he went on his nuclear power plant field trip. Así que fue a visitar una planta nuclear. During the trip, one of his tortas slipped out of his lunch bag. Durante el recorrido, Se le cayó una de sus tortas de la bolsa. Overnight, the torta began to grow and grow. Durante la noche, la torta comenzó a crecer y crecer. And grow into a... Y creció hasta convertirse en una... ¡Súper torta! Like I said, you're supposed to scream it. The best thing about this was when I read it in front of an elementary school and all the kids went, Super Torta! Can you say it with me? And they all screamed it with me, Super Torta! So, Super Torta was angry because no one ate it. Super Torta estaba enojada porque nadie se la había comido. So it jumbled, rumbled, and crumbled the whole city. Así que se sacudió, retumbó, y desmoronó. Toda la ciudad. No one could stop it. All hope was about to be lost. Nadie podía detenerla. Habían perdido la esperanza. Lucky for us, someone called Bombo to the rescue. Por suerte, para todos, Bombo acudió al rescate. And of course, here this picture says, "Come here, you torta, I ain't afraid of you." With one mighty bite, super torta became yummy in the tummy. The world celebrated. Le dio una mordida y la super torta terminó en su pancita. Todo el mundo lo celebró. And I forgot to mention right now that I'm looking at this uh, image here. The way he's holding his hands up is the same way um, Bumble or at least Eric was holding his hands here up to in the last page. The reason why is because um, I used to play soccer. And uh, my, my dad, uh, well, the Mexican uh, national team used to have this uh, uh, soccer, legendary soccer player whose name was Guatemoc um, Blanco. And Guatemoc Blanco would always celebrate like this, like, yeah, buddy, after scoring a goal. And so that's his way of celebrating, like, yeah, I just ate a giant torta. What's up? <laughs> the next morning... Back to school, he went with his three tortas. A la mañana siguiente, de camino a la escuela, Bombo volvió a llevar tres tortas. And of course, the missing torta is where the whole story started being the end. So, yeah, um, I like to thank the community. I like to thank the community because I think this is something that. Um, Transcends to people from all over. I've had people from Chicago. I had people from uh, Illinois, uh, the Midwest. Uh, show me love for this book. Um, I think if it speaks to you as a Mexican, good. If it speaks to you as an American, good. If it speaks to you as a Latinx, good. Just know that this book was written with a lot of love and a lot of, like, creativity and a lot of passion that I, I feel like I've really put into my career. Um, it's one part of me that I, you know, value a lot, but, you know, uh, does it pay well? I would say it adds to your income, but ultimately, um, I think a lot of writers, a lot of um, illustrators have to do work on multiple projects to create an actual financial income that supports them so luckily for me i have this project and i have my own personal uh, project as well i mean my own career as well so i kind of just do both um of course this podcast was created to give people um you know a little bit more uh call it a humanized story of the process of what it is to be uh, an, uh, an LA an Angelino. even if they're transplants I have no problem with transplants the fact that they're sharing the city with us the more the merrier and uh, this book also doubles as a mask um, it's the, the funniest thing to see kids put this on and then just yell super torta as you can see you kind of become the torta yourself so I hope this uh, story didn't bore you guys and uh, I hope you guys stay warm in this weather as you can see outside the window. You can, Normally you can see the Hollywood sign from here, but right now it's all hazy. Before I forget, let me touch back on my parents. My parents actually um, recently, last year, um, I was invited to Long Beach City Library to read my book uh, and, you know. Uh, Give a little keynote about the book itself. Uh, I Invited my parents to come see me read the book and Honestly, just having my parents there uh, supporting me it meant a lot it meant a lot because They know that they might not want to address what happened previously, but to me the fact that you know we both kind of said you know, sorry, and like, look at us now, uh, because of this, you could talk a little bit more, me, my family, my emotions a little bit more, and my mom, during, when I was reading, she, she ran out to, <laughs> there was a little festival going on, so she ran outside, because she wanted to do like this uh, free uh, uh arts and crafts, and they were running out of a specific type of um, object that she wanted to create, and it was basically like this, this little tote bag. And she drew with like, I don't know, paint that they were teaching them how to do it. And stencils, she wrote Super Torta Family. And when she came back, she came all proud, like holding the tote bag up. And to me, it was one of those moments where it's like, thank you, thank you, you know? And of course, that, that it, to me, it was never to, to, to throw it in someone's face. It was never that. To me, Super Torta was always something that um, was out of love. It was out of love for the inner child in me. And something funny that I ended up doing, and I know this is maybe a little bit in- inappropriate, but I ended up tattooing uh, Super Torta in my heart. Right over my left. My left chest, uh, just to symbolize uh, that I'll to stay, remain as a kid at heart. It's uh, how I like to live my life now. I don't take anything serious. Only my arts and crafts that clearly I did as a kid still do. But very lighthearted way of life, living life. So if you have a project, you have a lot of love, keep adding to it. Thanks for watching, follow and subscribe for more. Keep in touch with me on stories.fromla on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you.